Welcome to Filled with His Love, where we talk about strengthening attachment relationships. During a visit to Paris a number of years ago, I took a break one afternoon in the Luxembourg Garden Park. A wide gravel path provides room for joggers and walkers. Benches are strategically placed so that you can view the carefully groomed beds of flowers and shrubs. The beauty is almost overcoming. It really is. A green oasis in the middle of one of the busiest cities in the world. While resting for a few minutes on a bench, I noticed a mother and her son strolling along. Her son, about six years old, began peering up into the thick branches of the mammoth horse chestnut tree right next to us. His mother asked what he was looking at, and he pointed to the bird perched on a high branch. Look, Mom! That big mama bird is feeding her little birds. The boy was genuinely excited, and the mother seemed equally excited, responding, I've actually never seen a bird feeding its young. You have such a good eye. The scene impressed me because the mother, son, and bird were interacting in almost a magical way. The two sat on an adjoining bench, so they could keep watching and talking about the bird. The mother could have brushed off the son and asked him to hurry along so that they could get to where they were going, but she didn't. She enjoyed the show the bird was putting on as much as her son, and the moment gave her the opportunity to praise the son for his perceptiveness. When we were teaching religion at Brigham University Hawaii a few years ago, we agreed as a class to put away all our devices during class and be fully present for the discussion and activities of the class period. Since many students used devices for scriptures, it became an extra challenge to avoid the distractions in class. We all agreed to step outside in an emergency so as not to distract others. We felt the difference in the class when we implemented this policy. We listened better both to each other and to the Spirit as we tried to become fully present like that mother in the park in Paris. Technology has made being fully present more challenging for everyone who has a cell phone, a computer, or a television. As much as these devices have enriched our lives, they have also distracted us from paying attention to the here and now, whether texting while driving or looking at our phone when someone else is talking to us. How different that scene in the park would have been if the mother had pulled her phone from her purse and began texting a friend when her son was trying to get her attention. But she didn't. Rather, she gave all of her consciousness to him. Not because she reluctantly tore herself away from what she wanted to do at the moment, but because she wanted to do what he wanted to do. Again, so fully present, so simple, so unpredictable, so enlightening. Positive psychologist researchers focus a lot on being fully present. They identify it as a disposition, a way of thinking, a way of life. They also emphasize how essential it is for us to be full of gratitude. So for us, this condition of being fully present and the disposition of gratitude go together. In this way, gratitude is more than a feeling. It's a state of being. And being fully present is also a state of being. These are not conditions that we feel only when we pray. They are defining characteristics all day, every day. At least that's what we want them to be. 
no matter how badly the day may have gone, we're still grateful and we are still fully present, two qualities that will help us strengthen all of our attachment relationships. In a 2014 conference address, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf reminds us that we not only need to be grateful for things when life is going our way, but we need to be grateful in our circumstances, whatever they are. He asks, Could I suggest that we see gratitude as a disposition, a way of life that stands independent of our current situation? We can choose to be grateful no matter what. Of all the messages that President Nelson has delivered over the pulpit, perhaps one of the most widely watched was his plea for us to express gratitude for our blessings. One reason over 65 million people viewed that message was that he gave it during the pandemic when many of us were growing weary of isolation, face coverings, and vaccinations. He was really asking us to feel gratitude during the worst of times as well as the best of times. He was asking us to be fully present, live in the moment filled with gratitude for all that God has given us. Russ's experience watching that mother and her son reminded me how important it is to be grateful for God's creations. Just this morning, I was reading and studying a talk by President Nelson, given early in his career as an apostle. He was talking about the importance of using the correct name of our church. He gave that talk over 30 years ago, and I hope with his recent reiteration of the importance of the church's name, we as a church are coming to understand the will of the Lord. I felt true inspiration speaking to my soul as then Elder Nelson taught about what it means to be a saint. One little gem especially stood out to me, maybe because I was alone, trying to be present in my thoughts, looking out over the valley where I live and heard and felt this in my heart. A saint is reverent, reverence for the Lord, for the earth he created. It was one of those, be still my soul, the Lord is on my side moments. I prayed that I might have taught this to my children. One way I tried to teach the doctrine of being reverent for God's creation was during primary music time. I've had ample opportunities to teach the gospel through music throughout my life. Russ and I even were co-primary music leaders together once. As you may know, young children need lots of ways to keep them focused. And so we tried to keep their hands and bodies involved as well as their ears, eyes, and voices. A favorite song of ours, My Heavenly Father Loves Me, was so descriptive of what I think reverence of the Lord for the earth he created means. It was easy to express the words with hand movements or simple signs. Whenever I hear the song of a bird or look at the blue, blue sky, whenever I feel the rain on my face or the wind as it rushes by, whenever I touch a velvet rose or walk by our lilac tree, I'm glad that I live in this beautiful world Heavenly Father created for me. Simple actions for the children always held them attentive and in the present while we sang the tender words to the song. I wanted the children to know the words in their hearts so that years later, the memory would be there to remind them of this beautiful world that Heavenly Father created for them and to always, always be grateful for it. Thanks, Law. I am grateful that my wife, Lolly, could join me on this podcast today. Uh, It brings back great memories of when we actually were 
Ward primary music directors together. It was quite a lot of fun. I had learned sign language in in uh, New York when I worked there, and so we often taught signs to the kids, and they loved it. Diego has composed an amazing arrangement of this song, uh, My Heavenly Father Loves Me. And I will publish that on Saturday. And so I hope you'll take a listen to that because, as always, it will be an uplifting song for Sunday. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.